Dembe Ministries, Ainsley Richardson of Dembe Ministries, wants you to know that they have an event at the venue. It's Thursday. Uh, that's today. If this even gets out in time, we apologize. You can tell I'm a little under the weather. Our schedule's off, but we want you to check out Dembe Ministries online. You can follow them on Instagram. You can click the link in the description below. They're doing great things in Uganda. Uh, they help out with uh, orphans, uh, basically giving people a second chance at life, uh, especially those who are, are most vulnerable, which are, which are children, um, and also spreading the good news. Uh, so check out Dembe Ministries. Click the link in the description below to learn more and find out how you can get involved. We're excited because this episode's a big one. We got Brett Montague. Brett Montague. Literal Hattiesburg royalty. There's actually a street named after his family on USM campus. Yeah. Um, that's pretty cool. I don't have a street named after me yet. Yet. There's still time. We are the Hardy Street Boys, though. Yeah, well, we... That's more of like a reverse. That's like that's a deception We, we didn't take that. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we just that. make people think of us when they're on Hardy Street. Brett Montague is CEO of uh, End It For Good. They're taking a, like a new look at uh, drug reform, um, basically not treating people who have addiction problems and all, all those sorts of things uh, like criminals, kind of looking at people at, you know, like, like actual people. Um, but to be totally honest, we don't know a ton, just like the beginning of every show. So yeah. we're going to find out so much. We're going to get to grill him, ask him uh, what he does, what his organization does, and, uh, and hopefully become better people at the end of it. That's what it's all about. There's just a nice little bow tied around it. I love at it. The end, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm serious. I don't know what it, I don't know what it's about. So yeah, we we're, we can't stress how clueless we are about what Brett does. So we can't wait to get him on. So after this, Brett Montague from End It for Good. Hardest Street Boys, Hardest Street Boys, Hardest Street Boys. It's the Hardest Street Boys. Like and subscribe. Financial uncertainty got you down? No. Well, some people are down about it. Oh, well, they should probably talk to the people at Community Bank. Community Bank believes their success lies in their continued commitment to community and upholding the same small-town values that they were founded upon over 115 years ago. They're relationship bankers. Relationship bankers. Yeah, they're banking on relationships. Putting titles on it. Yeah. Throwing caution to the wind. Hey, it's cuffing season. Just, wait, what? That's what I heard. Okay. Whether you're trying to grow your business, grow your savings for your future, or building your dream home for your family, Community Bank is committed to helping you achieve your goals. Community Bank, a bank that knows community. A community you can count on. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. Perfect. Cuffing? What's cuffing? That's what they say. That's what the kids are saying. It's cuffing season. Yeah, we should probably Google that after the show. Okay. Hey, who do we have on the show? A CEO. A CEO. It's Brett Montague. He'll talk to Drew. He'll talk about End It For Good. And by the time that this show should be over, we will understand what he's talking about. End it for good, it will be understood by the end of the show. We will know, we will know, we will know, we will know, we will know. What does his organization do? We're gonna find out, he's gonna talk to Drew. What's his name? It's Brett Montague. Yeah, thanks Massive. Thank you. And that was that was actually one of your better ones. That was really a... Uh... 
That was really concise. And we are going to understand more because we have Brett Montague, CEO of End It For Good. How are you, Brett? I'm doing fantastic. It's great to be here with you guys. Um, having these three guys on the airwaves, I don't know how dangerous that is, but uh, it feels a little dangerous, which uh you know there's every once in a while there's nothing wrong with that there's there's like the there's a triumvirate it's you greg prine and uh and maybe harry crumpler where that's we're really trying to get canceled so it'll be really good well you know someone told me earlier so lately you were uh, uh, noting i'm a ceo i've had two different people tell me two different terms what that means one said it's a uh, chief excommunicated officer. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. And the other one said it's a chief egotistical officer. Oh, so, nice. you know, there's there's that. And people there's like that. to joke, but they really don't know the seriousness of what excommunication meant in the olden times, especially in the 1400s. Well, Ended for Good is a nonprofit. It's another way of uh, looking at uh, drug use, right? Yeah, that's right. We said drug use. Is Am I describing that well enough? What Can you maybe clarify what it is your organization does yeah so i i i can um so the it and end, end it for good is not necessarily end drug use mm. um because realistically that's never going to happen right um drug use has been with mankind since the dawn of mankind uh people have uh human beings are always curious Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, all human beings that walk the earth have some level of trauma or anxiety or stress or at least curiosity to change the way they feel. Um, that's been true since Socrates was in the Temple of Ulysses, um, and that is, that is true today. Uh, so what End It For Good actually stands for is, yes, minimizing uh, drug use uh, where we can, but also handling and responding to drugs and drug use in a way that is going to reduce harm across society. Um, so the it in our name is the war on drugs. Mm -hmm. um, uh, for a hundred years now, America has uh, has maintained a one size fits all punishment based punitizing. Uh, criminal criminal approach to uh, the drug trade, to mm -hmm. drug use, to drugs, to drug users, um, and it has not worked. We've gotten the exact opposite results of of what we uh, of, of what we professed and what we truly want to see, which is less drug use, less death, less addiction, less broken families, less people incarcerated, and then on all those fronts, we've gotten the exact opposite results. Mm -hmm. um, so what we do is. We use community-based education, advocacy, and storytelling to help people see that if we started addressing drugs and drug use as a complex human health issue instead of just a criminal one, that we would get a whole lot better results in society. Right. So you're saying Nancy Reagan was wrong. I'm saying Nancy Reagan was wrong. Yeah. Just say no does not work. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. she was classy, but yeah, that's yeah, it. Of course she was it's, classy. It's and, a, and just because she was wrong in that one area doesn't make her wrong as a human being. Yeah. I love me some Nancy Reagan. How, I mean, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying is like, it's, it's funny how like, you know, when you hear just say no, or this is your brain on drugs, it's always like, it's always simplified and, and um, it is a multifaceted issue. You know, uh, and the United States certainly has quite the uh, the appetite for for illicit drugs. That's why there's a problem, you know, so you have to address it. So um, in a perfect world, uh, what would you see? Like what's best case scenario for end it for good 
like what would happen in the is it reforming the justice system is it us kind of turning into more like a portugal where it's laissez-faire but then you also have like centers. you've done your homework yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> the internet my google works uh but yeah like but like you know portugal it's they've they're like over 10 years into that experiment where 20 20 yeah. okay so yeah. forever right they've They've legalized everything, and then they they didn't legalize, but yeah, I'll, I can bounce off that in a second. But so it's yeah. not punished. You're not punished, right? For, for correct. You're not. You don't get possession yeah. charges. They decriminalized. Right. Yeah. So so what's best case scenario in the United States uh, if your organization, you know, is successful? Yeah. So uh, that's a great question. And if you don't mind, let me break it into a couple of parts. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah. Um, so there is a short term to medium term question of that, and then there is a longer term. Uh, question of that. So we've been at this for a hundred years, um, reversing what what we've done, or just bringing out uh, tearing down the house and making it anew. That's not something that is going to happen overnight. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not an advocate for that either. Like if, you know, people would ask me if you know if the appetite came for it and voters wanted it tomorrow, would would I want to usher in a policy of legalization nationally tomorrow? The answer to that is is no. Um, because resources and funding and a lot of uh, and attitudes and a whole lot of things have to shift before that can take place. Mm -hmm. Long term, we want to see a place where drugs are legally regulated, mm -hmm. regulated being the key word, not legalization, regulation. Mm -hmm. um, that way we can tamper down the market harm uh, that we're seeing play out not only in Mexico, but here in the United States. Cartels have tentacles throughout uh, our uh, about all 50 of our states, um, and you can see the violence from the underground drug market taking place actually very near home to here in Hattiesburg. If you look down the road southwest in New Orleans and you look due north to Jackson, a lot of the crime that we see taking place in those two cities uh, 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 largely come from the underground drug market. Now there are other factors and other reasons, but they play a pretty uh, huge role mm -hmm. um, in that crime and violence uh, and high homicide rates that we're seeing. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. That's that's huge. So you think if you're if you decriminalize uh, drugs, then the crime rates drop because you're taking away like a, a source of income for the cartels. If 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 you legalize, if you legalize and you regulate and you do it right, and you know you you keep the excise taxes fairly low, and you know you just you if you if you usher in the right type of legalization policy, it it can do that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so uh, but that's not going to happen overnight. Right. You know, our society is is not there yet, and we have no illusions about that. We're we're very clear eyed in 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 the interim. What we want to see is we want to see our our nation and our state uh, start thinking about what are different um, drug health based policies and programs that we can adopt versus drug war based okay. um, policies. Um, and, and for us, what that means is getting people, voters, and lawmakers to, um, to start considering and adopting what we call harm reduction measures or policies. Mm -hmm. um, so um, harm reduction uh, uh, is probably a term that y'all have never heard. Correct. Um, and, and so uh, a little bit about harm reduction. Um, Harm reduction can be applied to drugs, but it's actually applied to a lot of other things. 
um, all harm reduction gets at is taking an inherently dangerous activity like driving or using drugs and making it less risky. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, so take with, with driving, you know, over, over the last uh, 100 years, you know, since the, the T model came out, um, we have, um, you know, uh, we've put in things like speed limits. We've made roads and highways safer to drive on. We've been, we've, uh, you know, put in anti-lock brakes, different things, you know, to reduce the harm of driving. Um, and, um, you know, that, so that's a form of, a form of harm reduction. We've also practiced it actually with alcohol, uh, you know, so uh, we all know also a hundred years ago from now in the 1920s, alcohol was prohibited. Mm-hmm. It did not work. Um, it, it precipitated in a lot of collateral damage in our society and a lot of violence, uh, which is why why it was reversed. It it did not work and it did not deter use. When we reversed prohibition, uh, we said things like we're going to reestablish safe taverns where people can drink. Well, you know, people are going to have to label their product, show what alcohol content. Um, people cannot drink and drive. There's an age limit of 21 or older. Various things, mm-hmm. you know, that that we made sure that there were guardrails, and that was actually applying harm reduction. We just don't we don't use that terminology around alcohol. Right. Um, with respect to drugs, different harm reduction measures uh, that can be considered and adopted would be like so. One that we're doing now is Narcan. Okay. Okay. So if someone accidentally overdoses. You know, you can apply that person with a dose of Narcan and it reverses that overdose Mm -hmm. and it saves it saves their lives Um, beyond beyond there. uh, There are other measures that that we could take, like uh, having uh, safe injection sites or syringe exchange programs to lessen the risk of disease or or harm or polluting our streets and, and potentially putting law enforcement in place. There are a lot of, uh, you know, there's a growing number of uh, law enforcement officials that support measures like that, principally because they get exposed to drugs and unsafe conditions every day too. And, you know, they they know that some people are going to be using anyway. And if that if they have a place where they can freely, without the threat of uh, prosecution or punishment, if they can go ex- to that exchange, you know, it's going to make the community and them safer and their use safer. And and if they have a trusted place to go to over time, you can educate that person about what they're doing to their body and their mind. Right. And uh, and, um, you know, uh, wean them off of their um, dysfunctional drug use. Well, and that's what I was, I was just about to ask about education, because the reason a lot of people get caught up in in drugs is really they just don't know what it's going to do to them, you know, and it's also, it's short, it's being short-sighted versus, you know, long-sighted going, okay, I don't really care what this is going to do to me in 10 years. You know, I just, I'm, I just want to feel good right now or feel different. Um, but I think of like, you know, the woods kind of behind Walmart on 49, there's so many people that go there. That's such a huge spot for people. You know, that also makes people, you know, by definition, addicts are vulnerable. It makes them more vulnerable though, because it's Lord of the flies. There's no rules. You're just, you know, there's a lot of people in one area. Um, I could see how that would also could escalate into other crimes too. So it's one of those things where 
education would be huge. Um, what are some of like, what's the most, uh, I guess, pertinent example of, of someone you've encountered, maybe an addict or, or someone who, who knew an addict that, uh, was changed positively by what your organization's doing? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. And, um, I actually, I had something happen fairly, uh, recently. Um, so I had a blowout and, um, you know, had to put on my spare and I went to the tire shop and, um, uh, I had to get a new tire. And when I was checking out a little while later, the, the uh, shop manager actually checked me out and he was very gregarious and just personable and, you know, just started asking me questions about me and, you know, I, I like good conversation too. And eventually, you know, the conversation just got uh, more personal and he asked me what I did. And when I told him what, what I do, he, um, and I told him some of the stakeholder groups that we work with, like faith leaders, soccer moms who are concerned about the dangerous drug supply on the street, um, you, you know, uh, law enforcement. And he said, and, and when I said that, he said, really? He, he said, there, there are law enforcement leaders that are looking f uh, for uh, less criminal and more health-based approaches to treat drug use. And I, and, and I said, I said, yeah, uh, you know, that, and I gave him some case in points and some statements then that they made. And he said, you know, can, can I see your card? And, uh, can, do you have a card? And I said, sure. And I, I gave him my card and he just starts kind of fanning it when I gave it to him. And I was like, yeah, I was just wondering what he was, he's, uh, where he was going with this. And he said, so I have a friend uh he, he's been a friend since itty bitty and he um he's been going through a terrible bout of addiction mm. um and he's lurking in the shadows and i'm going to give him your card i'm going to tell him what you do and uh, who you work with and that there are law enforcement officials too that are looking for ways to save lives around drugs and that even though you're a drug user, it doesn't mean that you have a moral failing mm. and you, you can seek out help. You have permission to get help. So a lot of what we do isn't just so much about changing policy. It is. We want to see that and we know that it will get us tremendously positive results to rebuild people's lives. It will rebuild communities and families. It will help our workforce development. But that being said, attitudes have to change first, and we have to destigmatize drugs before we can ever think about anything else. Yeah. Wow. Well, and that's the thing, too. There's so many people you don't realize are touched by it. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely, um, definitely something people should be aware of. What's something about your organization you wish more people knew or that people should know? And how can they get involved? Uh, yeah. That's, uh, thanks for asking that. Um, so we were actually, we were founded right here in Mississippi. Um, we were, um, we were founded by a conservative evangelical, uh, woman out of, out of Jackson, who's never even smoked a cigarette or touched a drug in her life. Um, but she had a very up close experience as a foster care parent, mm -hmm. uh, that made her start scratching her head. Um, 
I, I, I could go in the story, but we probably don't have air, air time for that. People can go to our website at enditforgood.com and see a TED Talk that our founder, Christina Dent, did when uh, our, our movement first became alive in 2019. She mm-hmm. got invited to do a TED Talk. It's about 18 minutes long, and, and it goes through that whole, that whole story and the rationale for our case. And you can click the link in the description to watch that right now if you want to. Um, so, uh, you, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll let people tune into that if, if, if they would like to, um, you know, and yeah, and you can also go to our website, uh, to get involved, um, as well and volunteer with us. We, uh, so I, I said earlier, we do community-based ed- education, advocacy, and storytelling. Um, and you know, uh, we, we hold events across our state since 2019, I'm sorry, actually 2018, before we got our C3, we started holding uh, some events. We've held uh, 31 community-based events throughout Mississippi in 18 different cities with over 1,500 people. You know, we need uh, volunteers, we need advocates, we need supporters and coordinators to help us come into their local community. Um, We also do speaking engagements and interviews like this. We also have our own podcast. We actually dropped our 51st episode today. Oh, nice. Yeah. Congrats, yeah. Man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, we also, uh, we try to share stories on our digital platforms because, you know, the, the only way that you change hearts and minds or give people a new a set of lenses through which to look at the drug game is by humanizing the issue. Mm. And when you tell the, are able to give people a flat platform to tell their human stories, uh, that is what really resonates. You can share data and statistics and, you know, argue your way up and down, but that really doesn't work with people. And, you know, outside of drugs, uh, Drew, so much of what we try to do is, we, we, we try to be somewhat of an incubator or catalyzer for creating great dialogue. And, and we want people to, uh, for lack of better words, argue better or debate better. Mm-hmm. Because when we do that, we're able to bridge divides. And where we are just in general in our society, within our political climate, it's not in, it's not in a good place. And we need to, we need to restore that. Yeah. No, amen to that, man. Uh, yeah, I think what y'all are doing is, is, uh, certainly admirable. And, uh, there's a lot of people out there, especially after COVID, you know, the relapse rate was through the roof, uh, people that were in recovery. Um, you think, you know, it's, that's a fight. Addiction is a fight you fight for the rest of your life. You know, it's not something that you just age out of or, it's it's hard and uh you know we we know people we have friends who are affected by it you know i've lost friends to it too so um i I hope people who are listening or watching despite my poor voice uh you know would get help and also know that they're not alone that this is obviously a big issue that's on the minds of a lot of people even if people aren't bringing it up to you all the time for there to be a whole organization that's working towards reform i mean it's obviously uh, something that people are trying to correct and make better. Um, just so people can, you know, hang on. So, Brett, thank you so much for coming and hanging out. And this was, uh, I feel like, Jamie, do you feel like you know more? I know more. I definitely do. I feel like you've done a really good job. And I feel like, uh, I think you're doing great work, man, honestly. Yeah, man. Well, uh, thank you. But it, it takes people to lift us up. And, and it, it took people to gravitate to this when uh, our founder, Christina, when she just, she just held a book discussion with some friends and they were like, 
you need to do something with this. And then like, it just kind of grew from there. It like, it was a book discussion with 12 church members and, you know, it's become this thing. And we actually, this year, this past year, we got invited to be part of a national coalition uh, called the Cannabis Freedom Alliance. I'm happy to come back and talk about that at some point if, yeah. if you guys are interested at all. But uh, I really appreciate being here with you guys. I love what y'all are doing. Uh, also, by the way, like, you know, I didn't get to cut up with, with, with y'all as much. And y'all, it looks like y'all just have a great time here. Oh, thank um, you. Appreciate that, man. Thank you. Jamie, by the way, the first time I ever met you is actually over Halloween. And you were wearing like some German beer can uh, uh, yeah, outfit. Yeah, Stein. What was that? A, a, a beer Stein. I got it from the treasure hunt. Um, I think a lady bought it from me. I don't have it anymore. That, oh, man. That beer sign costume. So one one other question. You got it from Treasure Hunt. Did you get awards afterwards? You know I did. <laughs> you know I did. He has to. It's over He's by the old ball. obligated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jamie, can you play us out? I can. End it for good. Yeah, we're going to end it for good. We're going to end it for good. Yeah, here we go.